the Studio Cuts Podcast with Taylor with WRRV. This is the Studio Cuts Podcast. Hey, it's Taylor from 92.7, WRRV. And the Studio Cuts Podcast is where we interview artists that were featured on Sunday Studio Cuts, our new music show on WRRV. Today, we're hanging out with Joy Wave, who's getting ready to drop a new EP. Where are you at right now? Oh, man, this is going to blow your mind. Uh, My house at home in Rochester, New York. All right. So I'm in New York as well. I'm down in the Hudson Valley. Is kind of every business up there doing maskless now since the mandate's been lifted? No. um, Anywhere that I've been is still doing masks. Um, Yeah, even even like uh, buildings. I was in a building today that has like a you know like a kind of an office building, and they still have their their mask mandate. So, um, yeah. Uh, How about down there? Um, It's kind of so so. Like businesses say they're not enforcing masks, but then some of them still have signs up that say they are. So it's kind of a mixed message, and it's awful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I figure like as long like if you just keep your mask on a little bit longer, it'll sort itself out. And uh, I don't think you're going to offend anyone by choosing to wear the mask, right? Like you're probably in for a more uncomfortable conversation airing in the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. What made you decide to stay in Rochester instead of moving to a bigger city like New York or L.A.? Uh, that's a great question. Um, born and raised here. Um, uh, our families are all here. It's also really affordable. And when you're gone, like 200 days a year, I mean, paying rent in New York and LA also like a rehearsal space. I mean, there's so much you got to worry about. So it's, uh, definitely an economic thing, but also just like, it's, it's one of our favorite cities in general. Like, just the more you travel to, like, I remember growing up and thinking, like, oh man, like, you know, Rochester, like, I can't wait to, like, the, the vibe growing up is, like, can't wait to get out of here, kind of. And then once we did, you know, we, we'd be in whatever city and look around and be like, you know, do we have this better at home? And we'd be like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and, uh, people are nice to you now here, you know, like, hey, hey, uh, go to the grocery store and, People just say, "Hey, cool music," and I'm like, "Oh, thanks for being nice to me today." It's a, it's a good, it's a good vibe. I have to admit, I went to college at SUNY Brockport, so I'm pretty familiar with the Rochester area. Well, then you and I are familiar with the same Rochester area because I also went to SUNY Brockport. Oh snap! I didn't know that. Yeah, when did you graduate? I graduated in 2016. Whoa. Okay. Uh, so we were not there at the same time. I went. <laughs> I went a long time before you. I bet. I bet you graduated with some type of degree in communications or radio or something. Does that, you is are that right? correct. <laughs> See, mine is mine is history and economics, and I graduated right into the smack of the Great Recession, Oof. and there were no jobs available, and I was working retail at the time, and um, yeah, so I just kind of put my head down and said, I'm going to write some songs about this. Now I have a very Rochester question for you. What do you get on your garbage plate? Oh, the standard for sure. Uh, but I'm I'm tragically lactose intolerant. So, uh. Uh, two two hamburgers, mac salad, um, home fries or French fries, depending on the place that I'm at. Uh, meat, hot sauce, mustard, and onions, depending on uh, you know if I guess if my girlfriend wants to deal with my breath smelling <laughs> like that all night or not. Do you go to Nick Tahoe's? Do you go to Dogtown? Do you go somewhere else? 
Dogtown. Dogtown for sure. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great place. Um, they're also really good to their employees. Like one of our uh, one of our guitar techs used to work there for years and years and years, and um, it's definitely a, a good little business. Great to hear that. Makes me love it even more when I hear they treat their people well. <laughs> yes, yes. I th- I think they have like. This could be incorrect, but I think they have like a 401k program, which is like oh, insane wow. for, uh, you know, uh, like a fast food restaurant to offer. Joywave released their album Possession on March 13th of last year, which is pretty much when the world shut down. What was this mm-hmm. day like for you? Uh hard to not feel personally attacked by the universe, but uh, <laughs> I, I moved past it. Uh, pretty quickly, and I realized that, um, you know, for a lot of people the past year, a lot more went wrong for them than uh, their album coming out on on the wrong day. So um, we were in Europe in February, and I flew back to the U.S. on March 1st, and that was kind of the point where... um, you know, I think the man who used to be the president at the time, who <laughs> shall remain nameless, was on TV saying, oh, you know, don't worry about it. We're checking temperatures at the border and stuff. And I flew from Berlin to Newark on March 1st. I show up and the border guard says, he asked me one question. He said, have you been to Wuhan? And I said, no. And I'm waiting for the next question. And he's just like, what, what are you worried about? You know, I already <laughs> asked you. You said, no, come on in. No temperature check, no anything. And at this point, like, I don't know that Italy still exists. You know, it's it's very widespread in yeah. Europe at that time. And um, I got home, and my girlfriend picked me up from the airport. I said, we're going to Wegmans. We are purchasing everything. <laughs> I remember getting getting all of all of the cat food available that uh, is the one that our cat likes. And she said, how long do you think this is going to last? You know, and there's I have, like, 12 packs of wet, or like not, not packs, like 12, uh, 12 things of wet food in the car. And I'm like, this is not going to be nearly enough cat food. And of, <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, uh, we've, we've ordered it online like 12 times since, but, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It was not a, not a good time to release a record. And you guys ultimately decided to cancel the tour that was going to support possession instead of postponing well, it. Why did well, you decide that? Well, uh, I mean, it, I think at a certain point it was decided for us, but, um, <laughs> y- you know, I, I, it also became a, an unethical thing where it was like, these people should be getting uh, interest on their money. And not, not, that, not that when a, a band is booking a tour that the band is holding, like the promoters are and the venues are, but still, for a lot of people having the tough year that it was, it was like, can't just hang on to everybody's cash for like 18 months, so... Um, it was refunded, and hopefully we'll have something on the books for, for next year. Having this time off from touring kind of left you able to take a breath, which led you guys to release the song After Coffee. Can you tell us about the story behind it? Sure. Um, so, it, it, interestingly enough, it, it kind of became more relevant than than intended, I think. Um, the song for me was just about having the breathing room of being home from traveling, Um and kind of celebrating the mundane things, you know, making coffee in the morning, pouring cereal, the cat waking you up, just being able to develop routine because on tour you really don't have that. Um, or I guess I guess it becomes a routine, but the routine is the unpredictability of like, what's the bathroom situation <laughs> in the morning or like things like that, or where's 
what random town in Iowa am I in today uh, on a day off? Um, so that that was kind of what the song was meant to convey, and what and certainly what it is to me. But then by the time the song came out, you know, people were like, "Yeah, this is my life too. I'm I'm home now also." And like it's it's not so bad, and it's it's making me think about things. And I, and I hope that people have taken the time to. Um, maybe maybe question life a little bit like i i alluded earlier to my time post-college like into the great recession and just I, when i was working at staples i eventually stopped and i was like the thing that i want to do more than anything else is write songs and make music so i'm going to take my time and get better at that and that's that's what i did and i i think that there's a lot of people now you see there's a lot of things where um restaurants are having a hard time hiring people and I, I think there's a lot of people who may have been working those jobs before and just cashing the weekly checks who said like, well, uh, you know, there's this other thing that I really have always wanted to do or explore or like I'm going to set up an Etsy shop or, or whatever that thing is for them. And um, I, I think a lot of people have taken advantage of it and I, I hope that they did and found something that they are more satisfied where they feel like they're getting something out of life by doing it. The new single that you have out is called Every Window is a Mirror. What's the meaning behind this song? Um, it's kind of my reaction to to 2020. Like, um, being home, I mean, the, when I got back from Europe and the COVID stuff was happening, like, CNN was on in my house all the time, and I'm watching the case numbers go up, and then we had all sorts of protests last summer and then into the political chaos and just there was so much of people not listening to each other and like trying to invalidate other people's experiences and just not and just not listening and it's like i think that the the key to getting along at some level in society is to say that each one of our experiences is unique and I can't possibly know what it's like to be you. I don't know what it's like to be anyone other than me. So the metaphor in the song is kind of looking out the window of the, you know, the neighborhood of your choosing the house that you chose, uh, looking at the person in the street and, and recognizing that like you may think you're looking through a clear pane of glass at that person but you're not. If you look close enough, you're seeing a little bit of you reflected in it, uh, a little bit of your surroundings reflected back at you. And, and also you chose the window and the neighborhood that, that you're looking out. So uh, it, all of our views are, are distorted and we'd be a lot better off, I think, if we just said, you know what, I really don't know what that's like and that's OK. Would you say the death of Daniel Prude had influence on that song? Ooh, um yes but i I don't i don't want to say that it's about that because it's not it's just like one event that obviously was very close to home and was very much um on on our minds and, and hearts here um but it was it was everything of uh people not listening and being cruel and just lacking lacking any type of empathy you guys also have an upcoming EP with the same name, Every Window is a Mirror. What can we expect from that? Uh, the two aforementioned songs and two additional songs. Um, we spent the past year working 
on a new record, which is called Cleanse. Um, the EP is really just four songs from that new record that are arriving early. Um, it's just kind of how things have been decided to to be rolled out. And um, the full record is 10 songs and will be out early next year. Ooh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was it like filming the video for the single? Uh, it was very difficult because they had to melt my face off. <laughs> uh, very painful. I've had reconstructive surgery and I'm all better. Um, no, they, they melted a wax dummy of my head uh, in L.A., which I was alarmed at what it looked like. It was like a real doll version of me. <laughs> I, I was not, not excited that it existed. Um, there's a picture of it on our Instagram account. Um, but then they they shot my face here in Rochester at, at RIT, which is a, uh, an amazing technical school that we have here with an amazing like photo and video program. And they basically made it like a, a deep fake. So they stuck my face onto the sex robot version of me <laughs> and uh, kind of combined the, the melting of the wax with, with my face digitally. You mentioned that you're hoping to get a tour together. Are you guys part of any festivals coming up this year? Yes, we're playing Riot Fest. We're playing Bottle Rock in Napa Valley. We are playing, I don't know. They keep popping up on the calendar, <laughs> and I'm trying to take it one day at a time right now. We still haven't, we still haven't gotten together to, uh, to start rehearsing, so hopefully, hopefully we'll do that soon. All right, my last question for you. If someone were to come to Rochester, what's the one thing they need to do? They need to go to Dogtown, and they need to get a garbage plate with two hamburgers, <laughs> mac salad, french fries, meat sauce, mustard, and if your girlfriend lets you, onions. I've never identified with an answer so much in my life before. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out with me and the Studio Cuts podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Make sure to check out Every Window is a Mirror and watch out for Joy Wave's new EP. And don't forget to catch Sunday Studio Cuts, a new music show featuring all of the up-and-coming alternative music hosted by me every Sunday at 10 p.m. on 92.7-96.9 WRRV. Join us next week as we interview another up-and-coming alternative artist on the Studio Cuts podcast.